Nick, thank you very much indeed. And now here to bring our reading is Rosemary Shakespeare, as she reads from the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. The reading today from Ephesians chapter 1 can be found on page 1108 in the Green Bibles. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of God, of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. So today I'm going to talk about um, the good news. I started working at St. Dionys about two months ago. And in my first week, I went for my first official meeting with Tim. And in this meeting, I soon learnt that Tim and I had quite different ideas of good and bad news. Um, Tim brought up the following Sunday service that was going to be happening at 10.30. And he said to me, now, H.E., I've got some good news for you and some bad news for you. Which would you like first? And I thought, well, if you get good news first, it's always immediately dampened by the bad news. But if I get the bad news first, at least I'll feel a little bit better when Tim gives me the good news. So I said, I'll have, I'll have the bad news first. And Tim said, well, I was thinking of doing a pantomime sketch in the service to advertise the dads and lads weekends, and I'd like you to be a part of this sketch. And my heart sank. I hate being on the stage. I hate acting. Definitely can't do pantomime. So I thought, yeah, that's, that's pretty bad news. But apparently that wasn't really news at all. So Tim went on and said... So the bad news is, is that I was going to find you a bear suit, an all-in-one bear suit to wear, but I, I couldn't find one. 
I thought, well, that sounds like quite good news. And then Tim said, but the good news is, is that I've got you an all-in-one fox suit to wear. <laughs> we all love getting good news. It gives you a lift. It makes you feel happy. It suddenly makes your day feel bright and, and worth living. And this morning I want to look at the, the best news of all, the news that Jesus came to bring. The good news is a bit like a diamond. Just like a diamond gives out lots of different colours. So the good news can't be summed up in one word. There are so many different aspects to the good news. And I want to look at just three of those aspects this morning. Um, I'd love it if you had your Bibles open at that reading in Ephesians 1, um, which is a page 1,108 if you've closed them. And the first bit of good news is that Jesus has come to give us a new relationship with the God of love. Can you think of a time in your life when you felt particularly lonely? When you were in a room with 100 people, but it felt like there weren't people within 100 miles of you? Or when you were sitting in a room with your best friend, and yet for some reason you just felt totally unknown by them? When I left university, I moved to London, and it was a weird time of feeling quite alone. It was the first time that I wasn't part of an institution. Suddenly I could make my own decisions. The world, in a sense, was my oyster. I could live where I wanted, do whatever job I wanted. And yet, in another sense, the world looked like a terrifying place. Because suddenly these were my own decisions to make. No one was going to make them for me, and no one was going to do it with me. And I felt really alone. And I don't think there's anyone in the world who could say that they've never felt loneliness. Mother Teresa said, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. So why do we sometimes feel lonely? Rick Warren, um, who's a Christian writer, wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Life. And in it he says, God made you so he could love you. And God is a God of love. And he wanted to lavish his love on someone. And so he made us so that he could just lavish this love on us and keep giving us this love. But then we turned our back on God. In our sin, we've walked away from God. And so we've walked away from the very love that we were created for. And so it's no wonder that if we've put a block between this love and us, that we have times of feeling lonely because we aren't being filled with the love that we were created for. But because God loves us so much, he was compelled out of this love to send his son to come and remove the block that we ourselves are incapable of moving. If you look at verse 7 in Ephesians chapter 1, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Jesus came and died on the cross to pay the price for the sin that we had put in between us and God. 
So through Jesus paying the price, we can be forgiven. And in being forgiven, we can be redeemed. We can be brought back and reconciled with God. So through Jesus, we can once again walk in this amazing relationship of love. And it was this relationship, this love, that I realized was the only thing when I was walking through this time of being lonely that would meet me in that need. It was this relationship with God that would be my constant support. And then suddenly realized I wasn't alone. Because actually, even if I didn't have friends around me, even if no one quite understood what I was feeling, I had God who loved me, who was going to walk with me. So that's the first bit of good news, that through Jesus we can once again receive and enjoy and walk in God's love for us. The second bit of good news that I wanted to talk about is that Jesus offers us a new identity. How many of you at one point in your life have struggled with fully knowing who you are? You sort of, you feel like, well, people would quite like me to be this person, or I would, I'd actually rather be that person. And you just, you don't know who you are. Think about Madonna. Madonna is famous for her reinvention of herself. She seems to have mastered the art of recapturing our interest by constantly changing herself. But I wonder who she thinks she is underneath all of that. I wonder if she knows who she actually is. Um, many of you might have enjoyed Peter Sellers acting as Inspector Cluzo. Peter Sellers was an actor who was famous for his range of different roles that he could play as an actor. But actually his personal life was really sad. And this is what he said. He said, I don't really have a personality of my own. There used to be a me behind the mask, but I had it surgically removed. If I didn't have characters like Cluzo, I don't know who I would be. Do you know who you are? Well, we were created in the image of God. We were created to reflect our creator. So how can I know who I am? if I don't know the God that I'm meant to reflect. Imagine the man who has never met his real parents. There's a restlessness within him, wanting to know, where, where have I come from? Who were my parents? Why am I like I am? And it's the same for us. If I don't know my God, how can I know who I am? But the good news is that Jesus came to show us who we are and to give us a new identity. Verses 4 and 5 say, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. These verses are incredible. In a few words, Paul has summed up the very core of our being. He tells us that we've been chosen by God. 
And you can't be chosen if you're not known by God. God has to individually know you in order to be able to choose you. And then Paul says that we're children of God. We've been adopted. God has made us his children. And as his children, he doesn't see us in our, in our former selves when we were full of sin. He sees us as his children, as holy and blameless. But these, these can just be concepts. I've read this verse a lot of times, and I definitely know it in my head. But it's a very different matter to know this in your very being, to know who you are right at the depth of you. So how can we translate these concepts into who we actually are and how we live and how we see ourselves? Well, imagine that man who has never met his real parents. Imagine at the age of 35, he finds out who they are and he meets them for the first time. When he walks into that room and sees them, he's not going to instantly know exactly who they are, everything that they are, what makes them up. And so he's not going to know who he is as a result of who they are. It, it doesn't just fit into place. He needs to spend time with them. And over spending time with his real parents, he'll begin to see all the bits of the puzzle fall into place. Oh, my dad does that, and that's why I do this. But that takes time. And it's the same with us. If I want to know who I am, I need to spend time with God. And the more I spend time with God, the more I get to know who I am. And God is, God is massive, so I'm never going to fully master it. So I can spend my life spending time with God and keep learning who I am. I want to read you a bit of a story of a man called Bob. And he had been a heroin addict for 27 years. And he became a Christian. And this is what he says. The needle had become the main focus in my life. My life was a living hell. I hated myself. I seemed to destroy everybody and everything I touched. I didn't care if I died. And there were many times when I was nearly successful. And then after he's become a Christian, he says, Even though I was still injecting, I went to church on Sundays and was amazed at the love I was shown by Christians. They made me feel part of their family, and they accepted me. And during this time, Jesus started to show me that I wasn't worthless, but that I was chosen and special. The revelation that Christ had chosen me was the start of my self-acceptance and healing. And this is what Jesus wants to do for us. This is the good news, is that Jesus wants to show us who we really are and to give us a solid, lasting, true identity. And the third bit of good news is that Jesus has come to give us a new purpose. We all love having a purpose. Being busy... It kind of just makes you feel like, you know, you're, you're doing something worthwhile. You're, you go to bed with that kind of satisfied feeling, thinking, yes, I definitely deserve to have a good night's sleep tonight. It's a, it's a good feeling. It makes us feel fulfilled. And I think we were definitely made to have a purpose. 
Proverbs 29:18 says, where there is no vision, the people will perish. So well, what is our purpose? We could easily find a purpose in a job or find a purpose in making money or being successful or having a happy family. And those aren't necessarily bad purposes. But I don't think that those, that those purposes are our ultimate purpose. Jesus comes to give us a purpose that we can all be a part of and that can define our lives like no other purpose can. Verses 13 and 14 say, Having believed, you were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. What does this verse mean? I think this is Paul's slightly cryptic way of telling us that we have a purpose. Paul is talking of the Holy Spirit as a deposit of our inheritance. So he's saying that the Holy Spirit has come to bring us an advance payment of the kingdom of God, which is our inheritance. So the Holy Spirit is going to bring glimpses of what the kingdom of God looks like. So miracles, healings, lives transformed like Bob. But the really interesting thing is that the Holy Spirit is sent to live in us and work through us. So what Paul is actually saying is that it's when we cooperate, when we participate with the Holy Spirit and allow him to work through us, that that is when we'll see these glimpses of God's kingdom. Rick Warren said, you were made for a mission. God is at work in the world and he wants you to join him. This assignment is called your mission. And I think this is a crucial, crucial point. We can be in a relationship with God and we can know our identity. But if we don't realize that that leads into a purpose, then we'll become, we'll become passive. A man called Dallas Willard says, Christians, for the most part, consider the primary function of Christianity to be admittance to heaven. But a faith that guarantees a satisfactory afterlife yet has absolutely no impact on life in the here and now, is nothing more than a consumer Christianity and bumper sticker faith. So let's get involved. Let's let Jesus make us a part of his, of his greater purpose. Let's let the Holy Spirit work in us. And let's expect to see this deposit, these miracles, these healings, so that's the good news. We have a new relationship of God, with God where we can enjoy his love. We have a new whole identity. And we have a new purpose. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you have given us this good news. The good news that, that never becomes boring. And Lord, I pray that you would show each one of us how this good news relates to us and teach us how to walk more in the light of this amazing news, Lord.
Amen.